I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the, the Squad, Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. Indeed. All the creepy. Yep. Except what was happening. <laughs> no, no more of that creepy, please. No, no more storming the Capitol in Chewbacca costumes. Yes, we need a good 2021. But hey, shout out to that dummy who took his work badge with him. <laughs> when you told me that, I, I, I just made the, the biggest laugh on that. <laughs> Why? Lord. Why would you do that? Well, it was like when I, when I worked for a music retailer for a while, uh, I worked very closely with the director of loss prevention, and we always marveled at the stupidity of thieves and then realized that, you know, if they weren't stupid, then they would have day jobs and they wouldn't have to steal. But if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. So if you're going to storm the Capitol, get you, you know, wear your work badge, wear your work badge so you can get fired afterward. (laughs) Right. Exactly. What a dummy! <laughs> revolution, <laughs> viva la revolution! <laughs> uh, well, I have a joke for you. Go for it. Okay, what do skeletons call a raging fun party? I don't know. What do they? An osteoblast. Cute. <laughs> Cute. They just get better and better. Oh man, are worse and worse. <laughs> We're terrible. Um, I have one for you, too. I'm ready. Why did the team of witches lose the softball game? I don't know. Why did they lose? Their bats kept flying away. <laughs> Again, they just get worse. Oh, boy. <laughs> you can check that box now. We're officially a comedy podcast for the episode because we told really bad dad jokes. And you are all welcome. Sorry, friends. I'm not. <laughs> sorry, not Sorry. <laughs> Well, shall we get into our booze news? Yeah. Booze, booze news, booze news. So, I know we mentioned this before, but it was announced last year that Mike Flanagan was heading back to the world of Stephen King with a feature film adaptation of the 2014 novel Revival, attached to write, produce, and potentially direct the movie for Warner Brothers. Uh, shortly after the announcement, Flanagan had teased that the movie would be bleak and mean mm. and quite unlike his recent films. But it looks like Flanagan's revival is no longer happening. Womp womp. Uh, replying to a tweet flanagan uh broke the bad news saying sadly it's uh it's not that uh it's not that the project won't be moving forward unfortunately while revival and midnight mass both involve priests midnight mass was con- uh, conceived several years before revival was published and similarities stop um at the white collar really wish i could have done them both mm. Well, fine. Mm. I mean, you could. Just clone yourself. I'm just saying, you could do both. Couldn't he? I mean, clone yourself. Yeah. Make him at the same time. What, like it's hard? <laughs> I'm totally kidding. 2021, you can do anything. Right? <laughs> so, sad news about that, but I hope that we get to see more from Mike Flanagan soon. Um, since I know, what was it? Our last episode, we announced that he is not doing any more hauntings. None planned so far. So it means it's still possible. 
it was like never say never but right, right now there's nothing planned oh come on mike flanagan you I'm know the i'm gonna need you to keep it together i liked the hunting of blind manor it just wasn't as eventful as i would have liked it to be yeah yeah it was good i mean i can say this i liked this telling of turning the screw other than the turning Oh, yeah. Like, of the adaptations of the most boring ghost story ever told, this was definitely the least boring. So, I don't know. Hopefully, he'll be bringing some more stuff to us soon. It would be nice. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, another one. So, Dead Sled Coffee is kicking... I'll get there. Kicking off mm. 2021 with freshly roasted nightmares, courtesy of Robert England's Stay Awake Blend. I know you're going to buy this. Um, <laughs> a brand new coffee developed in partnership with Robert England himself. Ooh. It's the latest collaboration coffee from Dead Sled, who have recently uh, released officially licensed blends paying tribute to uh, Vampira, Vincent Price, and Bella Lugosi. I didn't know this until I read this and then I started looking. Uh, I'm probably going to have to get this coffee. <laughs> but anyway, so... Um, after uh, being put up for grabs last Halloween season in a special pre-order bundle, individual individual bags of Dead Sled and England Stay Awake blend uh, are now available for $17 each. But do they come in K-cup form? I did not see that. Okay. Then I'll just have to get the little, like, thing that you, the little adapter. Yeah. yeah. Or you can borrow, you can borrow my percolator. I'll just is, get the is that not a thing? <laughs> Is that not a thing anymore? Am I too vintage for everybody? <laughs> They're like, what? What's a percolator? <laughs> this thing. What is this thing? Put your ground in and you plug it in. It's and how, it it's how they made really good coffee. <laughs> yeah, I've some of the worst. No, no shade, but some of the worst coffee I've ever had was made in a percolator, which really? is which is why I don't have one. Really? Yeah. See, I've heard some of the best coffee is in a percolator. French press, love it. Mm-hmm. percolator some of the worst nope. coffee i've ever had all right sad day well i have uh, a french I'll, press i'll buy you a little coffee grinder <laughs> well i have a little um i have a grinder but i have i need to get the little adapter for my keurig so that you can put all your grounds in it oh that's the one i need okay well that's cool well then you could still have it but also on a really cool note uh bloody disgusting and dead sled will be joining forces in 2021 to release their very own blend of coffee so that's kind of cool can we make a coffee would anybody buy it i mean i would well other than us (laughs) our friends would yeah our ghoul friends would if they drink coffee What's the bomb cost on that, though? I don't know. We'll have to find out. And then we'd have to think of a name. Squad Ghouls Coffee? <laughs> yes, go that's it. the obvious choice. That's it. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> coffee brand has been decided. Pen drop. <laughs> so, yeah, go check it out. $17. It's not bad. It's like the same price that you pay for the bag at Starbucks, mm-hmm. right? Right. <laughs> uh, in other news, New Year's Eve may have come and gone, but there will always be another, and we'll always be looking for appropriate horror movies to watch on those nights. So, exciting news. We have a new uh, New Year's horror movie to watch next week. Yay! 
uh, it's called Time's Up. <laughs> so it is an upcoming slasher film from Elsie Holt and Damien Maffei. And it will feature a cast that actually includes Damien Maffei, Hannah Fearman, Elsie Holt, Kamara Cole, Kate Kiddo, Felisa Rose, Jonathan Tierston, and many others. So it takes place on New Year's Eve and it features a group of teachers at an idyllic Maine high school who find themselves being stalked by an assailant belt on revealing their darkest secrets. Ooh. By midnight, heads will roll. Wow. Yeah, I know. So there's a new one for us to watch. Yes. Uh, well, we'll get into the other one <laughs> later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll be good. Yes. Um. So then also the latest issue of Revolver Magazine, which I have had a subscription to Revolver since I was like 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, wonderful heavy metal magazine. Uh, but it features Rob Zombie on the cover and an interview with him on the inside and a special edition offering that's just been put up for grabs this week. Uh, it was limited to just 333 copies, which seems like a missed opportunity. 666 is the obvious choice, friends. Mm -hmm. I'm disappointed. Um, So the bundle includes an exclusive variant for the Rob Zombie issue of the Revolver, along with an exclusive LP release. So to celebrate Rob Zombie on the winter cover, they created this special limited edition slipcase. And they're hand numbered and they include the newsstand and subscriber issue and an alternate cover only available for that product. All cover photography was done by Justin Baruki. And in addition, the bundle contains an exclusive revolver 7-inch vinyl variant of The Triumph of a King Freak, a crypt of of preservation and superstition on white. Nice. And it even also includes a one-year subscription to revolver starting next month. But I feel like I pay 12 bucks a year or something absurdly low for it. Oh, really? Yeah, it was super cheap, but I've had I've had a subscription since I was a kid. I have had a subscription so long that you didn't have the internet to sign up for your subscription. You had the card that you had to mail in. <laughs> That's how long I've been a subscriber. We're not showing our age or nothing. I don't know why I got really excited thinking about that, but I'm like, God damn, that's how long I've been getting that magazine. You didn't even have the internet to renew your subscription. You had to send the card in. Yep. Oh my god do you remember those days yep i do it's been forever i feel like it's yeah it doesn't happen anymore Mm-mm. nope nope <laughs> nope 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 oh wow but that sounds really cool yes <laughs> uh so getting back into sharing some wonderful small businesses to help you get into this new year so new year who dis um i wanted to share uh it's actually um it's uh it's made by a squaggles fan her name is amber ray uh boyer and her little company is called heidi ho mascarinos cute and yes i'm talking about masks because we should all be wearing them yeah just wear them please because (laughs) sorry i got really close to the mic but i just wanted to make sure you heard me Mm mm-hmm I would like to go to some kind of spooky Halloween event sometime soon. (laughs) So please wear a mask. Anyway, she has really cute, comfortable, adjustable masks. $10 each, $20 for sequins if you need that extra bouginess in your life. 
and only five dollars for shipping and um she's only available through direct message on instagram um but yeah so look it up it's heidi h-i-d-e-e ho h-o just like you know and then mascarinos m-a-s-k-a-r-i-n-o-s it's a play on the simpsons folk yep if you didn't know Heidi ho neighborino <laughs> but she's really cute designs i bought a really really cute uh little uh mask of the twins from the shining i wear mine all the time it's mm-hmm. in my car um she also has like a ton of hollywood pr- uh, hollywood halloween <laughs> prints for those of us who want to keep it spooky all year long um but she also has other stuff so if you want to get gifts for people that she's got tons of different fabrics and designs so please check her out um also another one that i was looking that i looked up um we all know that we always like to start the new year with a cleanse (laughs) cleanse all that negative energy out of our lives (laughs) so um another little uh, company i wanted to share it's called practical magic just like the movie Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> um, they have cosmetics, uh, apothecary products, crystals, and gemstones. Um, and what was really cool on their website, so you shop by intention. So um, each section, uh, there's uh, root sacral, solar plexus, heart, throat, third eye, and crown chakras. That's how you pick what you're looking for, which is really cool. I don't know my chakras. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> someone's got to tell me (laughs) but she also has high-end quality teas and herbs mineral eyeshadow incense and resin and magical tools to help release the inner witch inside you resin like for uh for your bow no that's rosin yeah never mind whoops (laughs) but lots of cool stuff and she has this whole actual package right now for the new year so um, it's got a cute little incense, a little um, uh, Palo Santo, get that cleanse going on, because we all need it. We all need to get all that negative energy out. Be gone! Be gone! <laughs> Be gone, evil spirit! Be gone! <laughs> so yeah, check them out. You said practical magic, and you reminded me that the other day when I was running, my neighbors were having a gathering in their yard, like you're not supposed to do, <laughs> and they were playing the the lime and the coconut song. And so when I ran by, I resisted the urge to judge them for having a gathering. And instead I said, oh, nice guy, nice job, guys. Midnight margaritas. And they looked at me like I was fucking crazy. Oh, my like, God. Fail. The party should have been shut down after that. Right? Not, <laughs> you, you double fail because when you're having a gathering and two, you don't even understand the midnight margaritas ma- reference. So please just be gone. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Well, fine. Um, so the first one that I picked, uh, the, well, one of them is yet again, Valentine themed because again, I think Valentine's day is not the greatest holiday in the world. It's okay. It's kind of a made up holiday. I mean, sort of. I mean, isn't there a day for the real Valentine's day? The St. Valentine's day massacre? Oh no, that's not what I'm thinking. Oh, the St. Valentine's (laughs) massacre. I don't know. But I also feel like we should talk about that for all for for Valentine's episode. I mean, we can. <laughs> I mean, it's spooky. Totes. Um, 
But anyway, so because I think this is a very silly holiday, the best way to celebrate it is by giving spooky Valentines to all of your friends. Exactly. So the first place that I picked is Doodle Dojo. And they have all kinds of very fun, spooky Halloween-themed Valentines, uh, very similar to Grim Girl Art, who I mentioned on our last episode. Um, but Doodle Dojo has an Etsy store. There's uh, this one that I bought that has the thing on it with the oh. with, with the eye or with the head and the legs and stuff like that. And it says, we've got a special thing. And he's got little hearts <laughs> on him. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's this other one with Freddy Krueger on it. And it says, I only dream of you. Of course it does. Yep. So, That's cute. Yeah. They're super cute, spooky themed Valentine's. So help make a mockery of it by buying <laughs> Halloween Valentine's. For somebody who doesn't like Valentine's Day, you sure are finding the best cards ever. Because they're spooky. <laughs> so yes, Doodle Dojo, Etsy shop. Um, and then the second place that I picked, because I miss Disneyland so hard. I know. No, I'm not going to go when it opens because people are crazy. I'm mm-hmm. not going until I get vaccinated. Yep. However, I am really, 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 really missing Disneyland. Me too. So I found this great Etsy store and I ordered some fun Nightmare Before Christmas Mickey ears because, you know, maybe by Christmas of 2022, Disneyland will be back open. Uh is Mickey City Ears. Oh. So look, I'm going right now. Yeah, Mickey City Ears. They have they're on Etsy. Oh, you'd be all about these rainbow sequin ears. Uh, these what? ones. Those <gasps> ones. Right? <laughs> thinking, thinking thinking pride. <laughs> thinking pride. Yep. But they have all sorts of fun ears for your Disneyland or Disney World or Disney Paris, Disney Tokyo, any of the Disneyland Resort visits. Um, there are some Rock the Dot ones. There's Winnie and Pooh. Oh, there's even some mermaid ones, Brie. Just <laughs> for you. But there's, I mean, there's a ton of different collections. There's Nightmare Before Christmas. There's Normal Christmas. There's Halloween with the bats. So I had to order those as well. I mean, there's there's tons and tons and tons of cute ears. There's a Star Wars section. You name it. If you can dream it, there's mouse ears for it. So, oh my god! But you know what I also appreciate is um, right now, I'm not sure how long it's going to last, but there's a sale... Some are 30% off. Just oh my so god. I can see that. Aren't they, right? Aren't oh my they god, the for? bat. Right? I bought the bat one. I know you did. It's so cute. Well, there's another one too that has bat <gasps> wings on it. Oh, the mermaid. I know. Oh, this I, is bad. I know. I have 900 pairs of mouse ears. Uh, have you seen my plastic <laughs> bin of mini ears? Yes. Just when you think, oh, like, Bree's not going to buy another mini set of mini ears. She's got enough. Psh, girl, please. Well, when we just I went, buy them every time they get a new one. <laughs> right. Well, when we just went, we just, I just bought two more. Because mm-hmm. the, 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 like, vintage Disneyland sign ones, I'm like, those have to happen. I bought those, too. And then I legit did not have any normal Christmas ones, so I bought those, too. Which, the gingerbread one? No. Or the? I think they're just normal Christmas Oh, okay. With like, they're, they're, oh, they have like the little, they're green. The bow is red sequin. Oh, yes. Then like the green, the ears are the green sequin and they got like the little fuzz around them. I think that's right. But yeah, there's so many cute ones. Mickey City ears. Really cute. Go check them out. Ugh, I'm still looking. I got to get off of it. I know, it's terrible. (laughs) There's too many. Too many. (laughs) 
But today Yay. is our movie review episode, and this one was a suggestion from one of our listeners and one of our friends, yes. Richard Nacho Hubby. Delgado. His derby name when he was a roller derby ref was Nacho Hubby, which Mm -hmm. was awesome. Yes. Um, He suggested this Wes Craven film that I have never seen. I have never seen it either, which I was like, I thought I saw all the Wes Craven films, but I guess I didn't. I knew of it, but I had never seen it. It's called Deadly Friend. And so thanks, Nacho. We appreciate the suggestion. Yes. Um, it is a 1986 American sci-fi horror film from Wes Craven. It stars Matthew Laberto, Christy Swanson, a.k.a. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, love her. Michael Sherritt, Anne Toomey, Richard Marcus, and Anne Ramsey. And it follows a teenage computer prodigy who implants a robot's hard drive into the brain of its teenage neighbor after she is pronounced brain dead. Because that's what you do. You know, as as one does. Um, so after the experiment was proved successful, she swiftly begins a killing spree in their neighborhood. Um, and I I did not know this. It's based on a 1985 novel, Friend by Dan- by Diana Henstel. I love it. Friend. Mm-hmm. It's the name of the Friend. book. Friend. Friend. Oh my God! That night. <laughs> Friend. <laughs> that will never oh. ever get old. Oh no! No matter. <laughs> oh my gosh sorry friends inside joke yeah it just yeah it just happens with friends that had too much with friends that had too much fun (laughs) i'm gonna buy that book for us now oh my god totally should (laughs) um so it was originally a sci-fi thriller without any graphic scenes uh with a bigger focus on plot and character development and a dark love story centering around the two main characters which were not typical aspects of wes craven's previous films and after Craven's original cut was shown to test audiences by Warner Brothers, the audience criticized the lack of graphic and bloody violence and gore that Wes Craven's other films included. Um, <laughs> this wasn't gory enough. No, it wasn't. Um, so Warner Brothers executive vice president Mark Canton and the film's producers then demanded script rewrites and reshoots, which included filming gorier death scenes and nightmare sequences, similar to the ones from his previous film, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh mm-hmm okay um and can we just talk about how expensive reshoots are mm-hmm. oh my god that is not god. cheap no is not and I, I yeah um so the film was drastically altered in post-production and it lost much of the original plot and more scenes between characters while other scenes including more grisly deaths and a new ending were added And this version was criticized by test audiences for containing too much graphic bloody violence and gore. I disagree. Yeah. But whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. Really? Mm -mm. Really? You, it it was, okay. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yep. (laughs) So, uh, getting a little bit into uh, more in the cast. So, um, we have uh, Matthew, is it Matthew Laborto? Laborto? Is that how you pronounce his last name? I was trying to figure it out. Laborto? Or Laborto? I think so. Laborto? I hadn't seen him in anything else. Other than Little House on the Prairie? I didn't watch Little... Do I uh, look like I would watch Little House on the Prairie, look, girl? As I, as I turn my head away... <laughs> 
<laughs> I did not. I did not know that information. What angry Gables shit is this? <laughs> anyway, okay, so. <laughs> I didn't know that either. I just looked it up and that's how I knew who he was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Matthew Laborto. I think that's how you say his last name. He, we'll just call him Matthew. Okay, so Matthew. Matthew L. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he plays Paul Conway. And then we have Christy Swanson as Samantha Pringle. Michael Sherritt as Tom Toomey. Uh, Anne Twom... To me, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. to me, as uh, Jeannie Conway, Richard Marcus as Harry Pringle. Oh fuck that guy! Yeah, I, he was terrible. I'm like, please tell me this motherfucker gets killed at some point. Right? Yeah, as we, you know, man. Spoiler alert: Tony Stark dies. <laughs> yeah, if you guys didn't know already, I'm getting ready to tell you the whole plot <laughs> of the movie. So, oh, he was on Little House on the Prairie. Yep. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, again. Again, you you had a lot of care in knowing that knowledge yeah <laughs> you're like girl how did you know that um anyway then we have Anne ramsey as elvira parker lee paul as sergeant charlie Vo- charlie volchek uh charles fleischer as bb the voice <laughs> oh that's gonna be stuck in my head oh that ending credits oh my god Oh, man. Nacho, why didn't you tell us about the ending credit song? Oh I'm just God. saying. Yep. <laughs> and, and, because I had no idea about this movie, if you would have told me that Mama Fratelli was in this movie, I would have watched it sooner. Mm-hmm. 100%. Because she is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we have uh, Russ Marin as Dr. Henry Johansson, Tom Spratley as just a neighbor, and Jim Ishida as the coroner. Um, all right. So getting into the plot of this movie. And if you really want to watch it and you don't want anything to be spoiled, please fast forward. Like 10 minutes. Yeah. Cause it's a little, it's a little lengthy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> so here we go. Getting into the plot. So teenage science, science genius, Paul Conway and his single mother, Jeannie move into their new house in the town of Welling. Um, also known as the Universal Backlot. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, good job, guys. This looks like every other movie that I've seen from the 80s. <laughs> I was like, good job. They didn't, like, they try didn't to change, change it, it at all. Nothing. I was just like, okay. Yeah, we're in Welling, you guys. We're in Welling. Anyway, <laughs> so... As he moves in, he starts to kind of meet a couple, you know, people in town. So he soon becomes friends with the newspaper delivery boy who, like, had the worst fall off of a bike ever. I just want to point that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so, so fake. <laughs> I kind of laughed really, really loud uh, when it happened. But anyway, so he meets the newspaper delivery boy, uh, Tom Toomey. And then he uh, discovers he's living next door to um, living next door to Paul is Samantha Pringle and um, her horrible, um, abusive, alcoholic father, Harry. But even before they move in, the the very opening part of this movie is a gas station. Oh, yes. And there's a guy who tries to break into the van at the gas station and all you see is this little robot hand reach through the front and grab him 
and try to strangle him. Yes. And I'm like, the fuck is going on here? Like, <laughs> But also, that's what you get for breaking into that car. It is what you get. But like, and then it just goes, baby. <laughs> but, but i'm like what is what is happening so then the guy you know bails out because obviously a fucking robot's trying to kill him right and then this teenage kid and his mom come back and then they open the door and start talking to this thing like what is going on it's like, completely normal it's it just like it was so unexpected it's what like, you do completely unexpected but anyway, yes, and then they move. <laughs> but yes, so then we all now we know that he has built this robot, and uh, his name is BB, and he makes really weird noises. Um, <laughs> uh, but he also kind of um, explains, you know, that he has um, he has some settings, you know, in this robot that kind of he can control but he also has this part of his brain where he um can like occasionally display um autonomous behavior um such as being like super protective of paul he can make decisions like yes. a, like a normal person which is shouldn't happen i'm it's, telling you it's a robot you guys the, if if watching any of the boston dynamics videos on youtube does not terrify you mm-hmm. i don't know what will For because real. if you have any idea how many processes it takes your body to do things like correct your balance when you've been hit and these things can not only do that, they can adjust terrain and make intelligent decisions. This should scare everybody. <laughs> Why does it only scare me? It scares me. It fucking terrifies me. Boston I mean, Dynamics, I know it, what, stop. What was that? that um, the movie with Will Smith? iRobot, right? iRobot. I mean, if that didn't tell you anything. iRobot, Terminator. The Come list on. goes on. There's so many like AI like movies that basically tell you like hey if you keep you know going into this technology they're going to be smarter than us one day the you know what the boston dynamics robots all terrify me and they've had that technology for 20 years the other thing that terrifies me is that fucking awesome robot that honda made (laughs) oh my god i'm telling you any any time it takes your body so many and it takes your brain so many processes and, mm-hmm. and movements and muscles and firings to be able to do specific things. And now a robot can walk upstairs. Mm-hmm. That's so scary to me. I'm good. I'm terrified. So good. I think we should end all of that. Yep. Oh, God. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we get a little bit uh, further in and we find out that... Um, Paul is uh, going to Polytech, a really prestigious university, and he's received a scholarship. So uh, Paul, his mom, Jeannie, and Bibi go to meet uh, Paul's professor, Dr. Uh, Johansson. And, you know, he gets to see, uh, you know, how Bibi works and, you know, just this amazing stuff that, you know, he's created and how super duper smart he is. Um, like, this guy's too much of a genius it's almost scary um <laughs> so uh cuts you so one day uh tom paul and bb are kind of like going through the neighborhood and they stop at the house of 
The wonderful Elvira Parker. Oh, Ma Fratelli. <laughs> and let me tell you about this house. So there is like a full like perimeter gate. As you do. <laughs> around her property. So you can't even step foot like in her walkway to her house. But they walk up to just like right where the gate is locked. And she just busts out with her shotgun. <laughs> And she's talking about, get off my property or I'm going to shoot you and all this. I'm like, how can they get in? Me as an old lady. You have a lock. I don't care. (laughs) They can't unless they climb over the gate. I will also have a flock of attack geese. (laughs) I will unleash on any Girl Scout. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's just so funny. They're so mean. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, but. <laughs> Good old Ma Fratelli with her Yeah, shotgun. so she scares them away because she's like, yeah, I don't like anybody. Go away. Mm-mm, nope, <laughs> nope. And of course, she definitely doesn't like BB. And then BB starts to express his anger. You can see that his, in his vision, it's turning red. And he's talking about this lady is a, a B-I-T-C-H and she should she should go Bye. (laughs) (laughs) but um so anyway so uh walking away from that they're kind of walking around the neighborhood again and um the trio then encounter a motorcycle gang gang led by bully uh carl this motorcycle gang is like the worst Mm -hmm. (laughs) but anyway so when carl intimidates paul bb assaults him like hardcore like i'm surprised his balls survived. Yeah. <laughs> One of them may have been ruptured. Right. Unclear. It has to be. Has to be. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, so they, uh, so in, in another day, so while playing basketball, uh, BB accidentally tosses the ball onto Elvira's porch. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I, ha- I had a feeling she was going to do this too. So she takes the ball from them, throws it in, she throws it in her house and refuses to give it back. (laughs) And so that definitely makes BB a little, like, even more upset with this lady. And because she's just so mean. And so you could see that his attitude uh, against her is getting, like, super duper hostile. So anyway, and then cut to um, Halloween night. Well, actually, no, wait, let me skip back. (laughs) So also we get into um, a little bit of uh, Samantha and her relationship with her father. So uncomfortable. Dude, this like... (laughs) That nightmare that she had, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, when is this going to be over? I thought it was happening like in real life. This seriously triggered me. Like with with her dad... my dad was abusive and mm-hmm. this scene yeah the part with him throwing her down the stairs like fucking triggered me it was bad yeah but the but just like at the beginning where she has this nightmare where he comes into the room and you know he's talking about how like you know she's a little horror like her mom was a whore mm-hmm. and i was like oh okay <laughs> like and then you can clearly see like i i noticed um and also um 
Paul also notices bruises on her arms as well. So he kind of gets the idea of like kind of what's happening with with Samantha and her dad. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he is a terrible person. He just drinks and, you know, just abusers, which which causes her to like kind of lie like, oh, I'm going to study and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So she doesn't get in trouble and have to, you know, deal with him anyway. So, cut to Halloween night. <laughs> Tom decides to pull a prank on Elvira because all the kids are around, you know, doing their usual Halloween pranks with TP and everything else. So, they decided to mess with Elvira. Probably not the best idea. No, don't mess with my Fratelli. <laughs> Did you not see the Goonies? <laughs> so, so Tom, uh, Paul, Samantha, and BB go over there to help them with this prank. So, BB unlocks the... Um, he cuts the lock that's on her gate and then samantha rings her doorbell and this huge alarm goes off that sounds like that that sounds like that would be my house right (laughs) and of course they go hide in the little shrubbery nearby but when elvira sees bb standing near her porch she takes out the good old shotgun and shoots him and then of course she sees you know the the kids looking on watching this and she continues to shoot him even more basically taking bb out she just destroyed yeah him. she did that on purpose. she was like my property you guys are trespassing bb is going down so bye bb bye for now <laughs> so on thanksgiving paul and samantha share their first kiss <laughs> but then as uh samantha returns home uh late at night um her father gets really upset notice that she's you know sneaking in and you know he's targeting her while she's you know going up the steps and he comes out of his room so he gets angry and then slaps her and pushes her down the stairs that part he was just like come on get up you're fine brush Mm -hmm. it off i was like this fucking dick man Dude, I was, yeah, I was mega triggered. Yeah, and then, uh, and then of course, so, you know, the ambulance comes, and then as he's getting in the ambulance, he's like, man, she's just so clumsy. I told she, her to take that stuff off the stairs, and she just tripped and fell down. I'm I was like, like, oh, you motherfucker. If I was Paul, I'd be like, let me tell you about this motherfucker right. here. <laughs> like, I would have been taking pictures ugh. and everything. Oh, so, ugh, so gross. I hate even seeing that, like, depicted in movies. I, uh, there are certain things that really trigger me. This was one of them. Yeah, it, it's bad. So, basically, um, her father puts her pretty much on life support. Like, that's how badly injured. She's pretty much brain dead <laughs> at the hospital. So, Paul learns this and um, and learns that she's only going to be on life support for 24 hours before her dad pulls the the plug on her realizing that you know there's really nothing that you know can be helped and she's not really going to survive this so he figures out that um so bb's microchip can interface with the human brain so paul decides to use it and revive samantha with tom's help tom is very hesitant but he helps him um but he still thinks he's crazy (laughs) i mean it is kind of a crazy idea though (laughs) <laughs> bringing somebody back from the dead basically it's a little frankenstein action going on it's alive so <laughs> the boys enter the hospital using a key taken from uh, tom's father who works there as a security guard 
after Tom uh, deactivates the power from the basement, Paul takes Samantha from uh, from the hospital to his lab. Uh, he there inserts the microchip into Samantha's brain and takes her back to his house, hiding her in the shed. <laughs> That's so nice. Um, <laughs> so after he activates the microchip, Samantha wakes up, but her mannerisms are completely mechanical, suggesting BB is in control of her body. Uh, so in the middle of the night, uh, Paul finds Samantha staring out the window, looking at her father, and he could tell that she's getting really, you know, agitated. I mean, and we all know why mm-hmm. at this point. And then he shuts her off. But the next morning, Paul finds Samantha gone. Um, even though he had turned everything off. So when Harry finds the cellar, uh, the cellar door open and goes downstairs, Samantha attacks him, breaks his wrist and snaps his neck. Dude. I. Dude. <laughs> when she like folds his hand yeah. back, I'm like, Ooh. but I mean, like she did it to her. Oh, I know. So, I mean, I just still went, Ooh, I know. Payback's a bitch though. <laughs> so paul finds samantha and harry's corpse in the center uh, cellar Ugh. anyway so horrified he hides the body takes samantha back to his home and locks her in his bedroom at night samantha breaks into elvira's house <laughs> and uh, corners her by throwing her to the wall in her living room as elvira screams in horror samantha kills her by exploding her head with the basketball she stole from Tom. <laughs> I know what so you're gonna say. Funny. <laughs> like I okay, so you remember when I text messaged you and said, Did you watch this yet? Yep. And I said that I laughed. I was like cry laughing at this scene. <laughs> because it's so ridiculous. I almost texted you right when I was watching it, and when that exact part happened, I was like, uh, like what am i watching <laughs> did the basketball really do that to her head like what <laughs> i was like what is happening it's like michael jordan before there was michael jordan <laughs> oh my god so anyway that's great so revenge for the basketball anyway so when tom learns of samantha's rampage he gets into a fight with paul and threatens to call the police so uh still being protective of paul samantha jumps out of the attic window and attacks tom i busted out laughing at this part <laughs> because like the part where she jumps out she was like baby <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i you know and we're uh, i was downstairs in my house and it has very very it has a very very high ceiling there so when you laugh really loud everybody's gonna hear it and so yep. that was pretty much me this whole time mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so anyway so she jumps out of the attic window and attacks tom with paul and you know genie trying to intervene and like you know get her off of him and so trying to you know, get her under control, Paul slaps Samantha, resulting in her starting to strangle him. So she's like completely, you know, losing it at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Samantha, you know, quickly comes to her senses, then lets him go and then just starts running away. She's like, oh shit, what have I done? Yep. <laughs> she starts realizing, you know, what, you know, what is happening. And then as Paul goes after her, he again encounters Carl. Ugh this dude um and then proceeds to get in a fight with him samantha goes back for paul grabs carl and kills him by throwing him (laughs) at the incoming police car 
so ridiculous. Uh, you know, it's it's. It, I mean, BB, he, you didn't really see his strength. No. That much, so it was just kind of surprising to me how putting that chip in her gave her this like superpower. Although I guess technically he did crush the guy's balls. He did strangle the but, guy. But I mean, anybody who has like metal hands like that, and you're like putting a you know, pressure, like you're tightening a wrench. Yeah, that would hurt too. Not if there's no clamp force behind it. Because he didn't oh, have a true. wrench. You'd have to, you'd still have to have the well, force. I mean, see, look, this is me trying to talk about a tool I don't know anything about. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I'm just thinking, like, it's not like he picked him up or anything like that. He just grabbed him. Right. I mean, I learned how to pop a testicle in self-defense. But still, there's like the, you, it, there's the difference between like this mm-hmm. force, like you're, there's definitely, grip strength is a thing. Yeah. And you still have to have some force behind it. Okay. That's why some people can open pasta sauce jars and some people can't. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I can't. <laughs> I open the jars in my house. <laughs> but I like how she threw him at the, the police car and then oh he's like, God. he's dead. So, so, so ridiculous. So, so Samantha runs back to Paul's shed where Paul comforts her and realizes that she's actually regaining uh, some of her humanity. However, the police arrive with their guns aimed at Samantha, who actually, she yells out Paul's name in her human oh, voice. Oh, it was so sad. I, I was know. like, oh. And then uh, she runs towards him, trying to protect him. But uh, Sergeant Volchek, thinking you know she's you know trying to attack him, shoots her. And then you know she says Paul's name one more time before dying in his arms. Mm. Mm. So then later at the morgue, here we go with Paul. Mm. <laughs> Paul tries to steal Samantha's body once again. I mean, if you didn't learn the first time, you know. <laughs> Suddenly, Samantha grabs Paul's neck and her face rips apart, revealing a terrifying variant of BB's head. Her skin strips away, revealing half robotic bones underneath with a robotic voice. And Samantha tells him to come with her. When a, hor- a horrified Paul screams and refuses to do so, she snaps his neck in killing him. And then roll in credit music. BB. BB. Baby, <laughs> <laughs> that is the credit music. It's just it really baby. is. I wish I could play it like from my laptop, and it would sound good on the uh, on the microphone. But I don't think it will. And also, if there's any kind of a trademark or licensing on it, our, right. we would get yanked down. Yeah. So, <laughs> but what, how we're singing it is exactly. Just go look it up. Yeah, just go look at it. It was on YouTube. Deadly Friend Credit Music. That's it. There Done. you go. So, yeah. Uh-huh. That is Deadly Friend, you guys. <laughs> um, couple of production things. Yes. So, one, Christy Swanson was only 16 years old when what? she filmed this. Yeah, this was I six, mean, she did look really young, though. This was six years before Buffy. Oh, I just loved her in Buffy, Buffy oh, so much. Her forever iconic we, role. We gotta talk about that one, too. Yes. That's got to be on the list. Forever her iconic role. Yep. So apparently Wes Craven was not super sure of casting her in that role and didn't have a ton of confidence in her ability to play that role. But he still casted her instead. Um, and I thought he, she did a good job. I thought she was great. And then yeah. he said that, uh, or she said that he was always encouraging and always prodding her in subtle, subtle ways. And she said in a later interview that she committed herself completely to it and just went full on with it. 
Um, and she wanted to do the best job that she could possibly do. And she said, as for the movie itself, some people love it. Some people hate it. It is what it is. But she really enjoyed making it. Yeah. Um, it has so, a weird, uh, like, little cult following, too. It does. <laughs> um, so apparently professional mime artist Richmond Shepard, whom I have never heard from, heard of, um, but he's a professional mime, apparently. He taught Chrissy Swanson all of the robotic movements that her character did in the film. Um, and she said it's about learning to walk in a specific way, which is really, really weird. Mm-hmm. And during the filming of one of the studio, or one of the um, studio demanded scenes where Sam has that nightmare where her father attacks her in a room and she stabs him with a glass vase, Oof. there were actually difficulties on set with the special effects. Um, so the scene was actually set up so that she would hit a protective device inside his shirt Mm -hmm. but during one scene she or during one take she missed it and actually it shattered on his chest oh god Um, so she freaked out because she thought that she had really stuck glass into his chest and everybody else just kind of (laughs) laughed um but in another incident a great amount of fake blood turned out to be a problem so they had been working on that specific scene for a long time, and finally it was time for the blood to spray out, but something leaked and actually blood sprayed all over the set and Christy Swanson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Yep. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, and then Wes Craven actually had a hand in selecting Bruce Joel Rubin to write the screenplay for the film, and he agreed with Craven that the film should have a gentler tone, uh, more so than his other films. Craven couldn't write the script because he was directing episodes of The Twilight Zone at the time, um, but Wes Craven and producer Robert Sherman hired Rubin as the screenwriter because they read his script for one of my favorite films, Jacob's Ladder. Oh. Which was unproduced at the time. We gotta talk about Jacob's Ladder. At one yes, point. we do. Because what a fucked up movie. It was super <laughs> fucked up. Um, I remember there was a point where my mom wouldn't let me see it, and I had to wait until I was a little older, and then I watched it. I don't think there is ever a time when my mom would have approved me watching that movie. Because yeah. I mean, like the club scene alone. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Um. And this was interesting, too. So for this scene chronicling the transplant of BB's microtrip into Samantha's brain, Wes Craven actually called on um, a retired neurosurgeon who has a cameo in the film as a coroner in Sam's hospital room. And Wes Craven said he actually helped uh, with all of the anatomical details. Oh. Yep. And the BB robot cost over $20,000 to build. Oh, my God. $20,000 in 1986 was a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. That's why I said, oh, my God. Yep. Um, So he actually used a company called Robotics 21, and his eyes were constructed from two 1950s camera lenses, a garage remote control unit, and a radio antenna taken from a Corvette. And BB could actually lift 7,500 pounds in weight. Oh. And that wonderful voice of BB was provided by Charles Fleischer, who appeared in A Nightmare on Elm Street as a doctor. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And apparently earlier in production, when the film was originally going to be a PG-rated sci-fi thriller, Mm -hmm. um, Wes Craven wanted to make something similar to John Carpenter's Starman, but... um, Wes Craven actually suggested that Christy Swanson watch this movie, Starman, because that's what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, all, as we know, as you mentioned, it ended up being a little more blood and guts horror. 
Oh, yeah. There's, well, and there was a lot of uh, changes, too, like, as we mentioned before. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, in the uh, in the original cut of the movie, um, well, I'm sorry, the original cut of the movie did not include uh, some of these, like, you know, the gory uh, dream sequences. So, the infamous uh, basketball decapitation sequence, uh, the opening jump scare scene at the beginning of the film where the thief tries to steal... Uh, from uh, Jeannie's minivan, but mm-hmm. BB stops him. Um, and then the ending where Samantha turns into a robot and kills Paul. Um, all of these scenes were added because of the script rewrite demands and reshoots for Spy Warner Brothers, as we mentioned before. But so in the original cut of the film, Sam smashes Elvira through her front door, leaving the upper half of her body hanging outside the door and the lower half still inside. Ayo. I would have liked to see that. That would have been interesting. I'm I'm here for the gore. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, it's Wes Craven gore. It's a little less. It's more campy. Yeah. It's like you'll dead gore i mean the basketball like exploding her head that's cool but i would have liked to seen her like just smash her through the door and her body's all ripped in half but to me that's not i don't know it's like less west craveny it's almost oh, like true. a to me west craven gore is with the exception of scream because that was really bloody mm-hmm. it's more like evil dead yeah meets uh, like camp tastic i don't know it's just it's more over the top mm-hmm. so it's a lot harder to take seriously yeah that's true we but can leave know. the basketball but i also really like this one <laughs> i <laughs> like this ending of elvira uh as well but <laughs> by ma fratelli yeah i know she was mean She's always mean. Um, <laughs> in uh, Bruce Joel Rubin's original script drafts, Elvira is elect- electrocuted by Sam. Eh, it's okay. <laughs> and then in the scene uh, where, uh, where Elvira's body is carried out on a gurney, it's still visible that her door has a big hole, which uh, was made uh, in her original death scene. Eh, okay, that's hmm. cool. <laughs> uh, dialogue said by a neighbor character where... He says that her head is all over the walls in her house is heard off screen, meaning that it was most likely added later when the scenes uh, when the scene was changed. Uh, parts of the original death scene can be seen in the theatrical trailer. Oh, I think I'm going to go back and watch that. Uh, promotional stills, lobby cards, and other pictures show more uh, deleted scenes, all of which show more of the character and plot-centric parts removed from the final cut for reasons such as pacing and story changes uh, following reshoots and re-editing. Um, an article by uh, Joseph Madry, Deadly Friend in Autopsy, <laughs> goes into more detail regarding the troubled uh, production of the film. Uh, the back cover of the Warner Brothers uh, Twisted Terror DVD shows a still of a ghostly looking Samantha uh, wearing a white dress. This is one of the few still- stills revealing the original end- ending where where after Samantha gets shot by the police, Paul dreams she is in his room saying goodbye to him. Mm. Uh, Other stills of this ending have been confirmed to exist, but they're very rare, although can be seen on a fan site dedicated to Christy Swanson. Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) So, but uh, due to all the gore scenes that were added into the film and also because of Craven's 
bad history with the MPAA, they gave they gave the the film an X rating. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it was that bad, you guys. But I've seen way worse. I know, but it had to be cut and submitted thirteen times in order to get an R rating. That's dumb. That's a lot of money. Thirteen times. Oh my god. Anyway, but most of the cuts were made to the death scenes of Harry and Elvira. A supposedly uncut version was released on DVD by Warner Brothers on September 25th, uh, 2007 as part of the Twisted Terror collection. Baby. <laughs> and soundtrack available on Amazon. No, okay. Baby. Like the one song. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if it was just like a whole CD of that? You know that I'm adding that to my Halloween playlist. (laughs) And you and I are the only ones that are going to understand it. And Nacho. (laughs) Also, um, if you you have Spotify, uh, Sarah has an amazing Halloween list. I like my spooky list. It's great. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so (laughs) this movie... I mean, it had, like, probably the worst reviews. <laughs> like, the worst. <laughs> but um, all movie gave uh, the film... Uh, yeah, it was pretty... Well, it was pretty negative. It says, It's an intriguing combination of elements, but the end result is a, a, a schizoid mess. That's mean. Yeah. Calling Craven's direction awkward and opening that it lacks the intense, sustained atmosphere of his previous horror hits. Eh, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a current approval rating of 8% what based on 12 reviews i'm like you know, I'm, I'm gonna fix that. and with a, a a weighted average of 3.94 out of 10 what <laughs> how did the turning do better than this i don't know <laughs> so but although a critical and commercial failure a failure upon its original release deadly friend has become it has become like regarded as a cult classic and you know has you know gammered a fan a huge fan following like there's people that love this movie there, there's people that this movie absolutely terrified them but i'm sure if i saw this and i was really young i'd probably be scared but also oh, yeah if i were to watch this as a kid i would be real scared i'm sure yeah I mean, and just think of like all the teenagers, you know, in the theaters watching this at that time. They were probably like terrified. So I'm, you know, I mean, I think 8% is a little harsh. I am logging on right now and I am going to give it a good review because truthfully, I really, really liked this movie. I liked it too. I like, okay. That being said going in to watch it it is not a cinematic masterpiece it's not not by any stretch of the imagination this is not nightmare on elm street it is not this is a different kind of Wes craven movie Mm -hmm. this is also not scream but like okay so this is what kills me every Wes craven movie is a little ridiculous it is in some fashion i mean the ghost face killer in scream with fucking the fawns as the principal like come <laughs> on it was come so great on so I mean, great this is 100 percent worth a watch it is 
It's only $1.99 on Amazon, you guys. Oh, dude, do it. That's nothing compared to the $20 they're charging us to watch stuff. Oh, right? So, yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, for me, you know, one, one to five screams. I mean, I at least would give it a two. For once, I am nicer than you. I give this like a 2.75. It's better okay. than a 2. To me, it's better than a 2.5. Maybe not quite a 3. Okay. But yeah, I, I can't really fully go to 3, even though I did enjoy it. I just I just rated it on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> now it's going to move up to 9%. <laughs> right? Because Sarah just boosted the rating for... Uh, <laughs> for deadly friend like, on mm. rotten tomatoes <laughs> no i i really enjoyed it i you know it wasn't scary to me no not at all um i got the camp that i wanted i laughed so hard when me that too. bitch's head exploded from that basketball <laughs> oh my god it was great and it was baby. so baby oh my gosh it, you know like, i kind of want to make that my ringtone now when you call me oh i'm sure it's on zedge everything's on zedge <laughs> Um, I mean, check it out. I liked it a lot. I and, really did. And also, again, thank you to a Richard Nacho Hubby Delgado. We appreciate it. He is uh, one of our ghoul friends and listens to the podcast. And we appreciate your support and always listening in. Totes. And also, this is just an example of when you suggest a movie or something for us to read or watch. Hey, guess what? We're going to talk about it. And further proof that Rotten Tomatoes does not get it right 100% of the time. <laughs> you know what? That's just proof that most critics don't really get it right. You just have to see it for yourself. Yes. And like, then if you agree with them, then you can, you know, say that. But sometimes you're just not going to agree. Like, good example. I just logged on to Rotten Tomatoes to fuck up the ratings. Soul from on Disney Plus has a 96% right now. Really? Do I? Did I like it? Yes. Do I like it 96%? No. I mean, I liked it. I just... They could have done more with it. Yeah, and see, here's my problem with Disney. I love Disney, but I feel like when they get into movies of different cultures, different backgrounds, I feel sometimes they phone it in. So you mean like if they were going to write a film following a black man, they probably should have consulted more black people when writing the story? Maybe. You know, probably. Maybe consult. I mean, I don't know who did the music. The music was good, but I don't know. I just, it's the same feeling that I have about Princess and the Frog. It was, it's. I know what you're uh, what you're getting at, and there there's a word for it, and I can't think of it. I can. Okay. Tokenism. Thank you. Okay, that that's what it is. I feel like they're just like, oh hey, we don't have any representation of African Americans, so here it is. Mm-hmm. It's like they didn't put the effort into this movie or the effort into Princess Frog as mm-hmm. much as they fucking put into Frozen. Dude, t- t- tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Sips tea. Look, let me let yep. me put up my table with my sign. Yep. <laughs> yep. Sorry, it was it was great. I loved it because it 
you know, it was just something to watch during the holidays since, you know, we can't go to theaters, but again, come token, on tokenism. Yeah. And they, I mean, they did better with Coco. Well, they, <laughs> they, they did try to copyright day. Of the I mean, dead. they did, but at least there was an effort. Yeah. <laughs> and I just feel like, I don't know. I just, I, I just feel like when they try to put something out, just to like say hey we're cool we like black people too it it just all right let me get off my soapbox I'm no done. no no I, I appreciate it I just thought I would throw that out there that Rotten Tomatoes does not always get it right because I don't feel like Soul was a 96% I feel like it was you know high 70s maybe low 80s I still liked it I still cried yeah, yeah. I mean I did too I liked it I definitely liked the story but I just feel like sometimes their their idea their ideas for the movies that you know represent you know african-americans and the culture and the music i feel like they don't do enough to really show it and really explore like you know just some of the wonderful things that they've done musically especially with jazz oh hell yeah they they could have gone so much further. it was not represented enough for me and i love jazz and i love where it came from you know what else and they didn't do enough <laughs> you know what else they they didn't um capitalize enough on that i wish that they would have here we are being critics about another film that we this episode is not the focus of um but i wish that they would have done more when he real when he starts to feel like his life meant nothing mm -hmm. i wish that they would have done more to bring in more students or show more because especially i feel like for teachers like if we have teachers that listen to us y'all do god's work you sure do especially, especially right, right now yeah i was gonna say <laughs> um i don't know how you guys are trying to teach online to kids who are not even looking at the screen no and it's you know it's not it's not anybody's fault it's not teacher's fault it's not the parents i mean you know maybe some parents maybe some teachers but and it's not the kids fault it's this is completely unprecedented this is a different time. This is hard on everybody. Parents, I empathize because you can't sit over your kid's shoulder while you're trying to work, especially if you're an essential worker and you're working outside the home. I mean, kids are kids. They're not adults. That's why they don't have jobs and they don't have livelihoods and they can't fucking vote. I mean, they don't know how to make adult informed decisions so mm -hmm. yes you give kids a tablet or a laptop no shit they're not gonna want to sit and do things all day they want to play online video games and go to websites they're not supposed to be I on i want to work on my computer right <laughs> <laughs> sorry right sorry right so i've had like, enough zoom meetings in my life <laughs> oh my god the zoom fatigue is so real yeah um, sorry no 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 it's but, but you're right and you know it's nobody's fault the i mean it's it's the pandemic's fault mm -hmm. and you know maybe you can blame it on the people that aren't wearing masks because if they were we probably would have been out of this like new zealand shout out to new zealand mm -hmm. um but it's just unfortunate but i yeah. wish that they would have focused more on him as a teacher yeah because especially now teachers are so important yeah, we didn't really get uh, a lot of that either and I just wanted more music, too, especially if you're focusing yeah, on jazz. Yeah. There wasn't enough. Mm -mm. And I'm sorry, there there wasn't enough Angela Bassett for me. True <laughs> story. Because she should have a bigger role than what she had. Yeah. And I'm sure they paid her a lot just to say that little bit. Yep. Anyway, 
But yeah, go watch Deadly Friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's fun. It's it's I I really enjoyed it. It was a great yes. way to spend a what day is it? I watched it two days ago. No. No, no you watched it last week, didn't you? No. Week before that? I, I think I watched it on Wednesday because I had to turn off the news because I was losing my mind. Oh, okay. Sounds about right. I'm like oh, okay. I'm gonna watch a robot explode somebody's head with a basketball because I can't watch <laughs> what's going on. But yeah, it's um anyway, but yes. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Check it out. And also, if you have a movie that you would like us to discuss. Or anything. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Hit us up. Because we just like make our own schedule and yeah. hope that people like it and might listen. Mm-hmm. But we don't know. We don't. But we love hearing your thoughts and suggestions on what maybe just some other things that we should talk about. Mm-hmm. So there it is. And, you know, thank you again. Uh, Nacho, you're amazing. Thank you for giving us this movie to review. And and if you have a movie that you'd like us to review, please email us at thesquoggles at gmail.com. We also have a contact form on our website, www.thesquoggles.com. Fill it out and it will send us an email. You can also message us on Facebook and Instagram. We do answer there as well. We're pretty responsive. Yeah. And also don't forget to uh, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. And please don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen to us. And buy our merch. We have merch via our website. We've got all kinds of fun stuff. We have uh, totes, dog hoodies, shirts, fanny packs, face masks, all kinds of stuff. Yes. So yeah. Yep. Uh, Creep it real. We'll scare you later. Goodbye. Bye.